goes along with the sermon, by the way. Yeah. All right. So what happens when you get young? <clears throat> Mark 4. Look at verse 11. And he said unto them, Unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. And to them that are without, all these things are done in parables. See, the world doesn't understand who we're going to be coming right now. People don't understand that. But to you, the born again, the people that love the Lord, unto you is given the keys to the kingdom to understand. Now, jump down to verse 24. Verse 25 will be the, the theme verse for our series. Verse 25 will. Verse 24 says, And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet or give, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that has, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he has. <clears throat> Father, I pray that we would heed, Lord God, heed. Whoever has, more will be given. Whoever doesn't have, more will be taken away. I pray that this would be a, a, a series, Lord God, Lord, a banner series, Jesus. It would be a series that's going to change us personally and also corporately as a, as a church. I honor you and bless you in your name. And everybody together said, Amen. greet one another one more time with the love of the Lord. Hallelujah. What a conference. Tonight we'll be celebrating that more. I believe my son is going to be speaking tonight. He got saved in the mighty men of valor. And so, don't stay home tonight. But I'm excited about this series. Uh, we're going to begin here, and probably will be the most impacting series in your entire uh, 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 life, personally, and in your family, and in this church. Okay? <clears throat> Matter of fact, some of you are going to become rich. I'll just tell you that. You know, the Bible says it. Huh? And... No doubt, probably all of you are going to increase in your finances. That's why you don't want to stay home. You want to increase in your, especially living in a, in a day and age and in a place like the Silicon Valley. Uh, see, this teaching series comes with a, 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 a biblical guarantee, or in other words, God's promises. Okay, now, today we're going to be dealing with holy wars. All right, then to, uh, next week we're going to be dealing... Uh, it's going to be turnaround Sunday, and you're going to find out why. Because we're going to turn around, and you'll see. And we're going to turn around on our finances. All right? And it, 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 I believe the sermon is entitled, Reverse the Curse. That's what it's going to be. We're going to turn around like this, and we're going to reverse the curse. And you're going to see. Because some of the times our, our finances are cursed, and we're going to find out why, biblically. Then, on the following, of course, next week we're not. My wife's going to be speaking for Mother's Day. Okay? But so on the 20th, and then on the 27th, all right, I'll be speaking a sermon entitled, and I'm just going to call the whole day Tsunami Sunday. And you're going to see why. Uh, how many are from Hawaii? Hallelujah. Uh, uh, tsunami. You know what a tsunami is, huh? I mean, it's one of those waves. Whew. Well, we're going to start a wave next, uh, uh, in two weeks, we're going to start a wave. And then the following week, we're going to make a big old wave. And the principle is found in a roller coaster ride. How many have been in roller coaster rides? Well, the higher you go, the faster you can do it. And that's how the tsunami starts. A big old tidal wave. Well, we're going to start a tsunami of finances in this church. And we're going to put it into, in, into practice. We're going to really get into it uh, 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 on the 27th. Tsunami Sunday. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Uh, okay. 
We're going to be covering here in this series some biblical, heavy, heavy, powerful biblical principles and promises, okay, to turn your finances around, of which we need to do. Now, principle number one that we're going to be covering here today, just principle number one, is to turn your life and face God's flow of finances. Did you hear me? That's principle number one, okay? Matter of fact, it's going to be, you know, uh, 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 turning your life around to face the flow of God's finances to your life. How many other rivers are very powerful? And that's the analogy that I'm going to be using today. When you step into a river, right away you know which way the current's coming. Right away. Huh? And, and if you're sissy, you, you turn away from it. You'll be taken a little bit by it. But if you're, you know, you, 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 you turn around to face it, then it flows to you. That's what's going to happen. It's biblical. Money can either flow away from you fast or it can flow to you fast. The choice is yours. Uh, because it's a current. It's a river. You get into it. That's what we're going to turn around. Some of you are facing like this. And money just... You've got to turn around. Uh, and face the sweet sound of music. Hallelujah. Uh, of the finances headed your way. See, the current quickly shows you which direction the water's coming from. Okay? And it can even make you adjust your footing regarding the river. Right away you know whether you're upstream or downstream. This is, I would probably call this the upstream-downstream principle. Principle number one. Upstream-downstream principle. Because it's easy to tell. This same principle of water flowing either towards us or away from us, it also applies in the financial realm of life as well. Money is either flowing towards you or it's flowing away from you. Simple as that. And the key in the theme to this series will be which way are you facing? Uh, which way do you want to be facing? And how to face upstream or downstream? We're going to teach you how to face upstream, of which you should all want to do. Okay? Now, the biblical principle on how to face the right direction of the river so that finances will flow to you rather than flow away from us. In Mark 4.25, it's one of the verses that the Bible uses to illuminate this very principle. Let me read it to you again. For he that has, to him shall be given more. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he has. In other words, the person or the people who already have, more is going to be given to those. And those that have not, more is going to be taken away from them. I led the service Friday in the morning at the, uh, the conference. And we closed the sermon the sermon closer was Pastor Max from, from uh, uh, Portland, and he spoke on finances. Powerful, right, guys? Powerful. And I already knew what I was working on. I've been studying all week for this series. And I already knew. I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get the tsunami going over here, too. Okay, let's get the flow going over here. Uh, and so even later on, Mitch told me, if you wouldn't have done what you did, Steve, he said, I was going to go to the altar, and I was going to drop a 50 at the altar. He says, I don't know. I said, I would have banked on that, but God had already spoken to me. So when, you know, Pastor Sonny, I thought was going to close because he went up to the altar. And so I said, well, I was going to make the altar call anyway. So I made the altar call. Yeah, I want, I want finances. Yes, okay, let's, let's do this. I'm willing to do it. But when I look up after the altar call, Sonny's gone. And then Max comes and he gives me the mic. And I said, all right, Jesus, it's on. Uh, so I picked up an offering. Guess for who? 
And the whole time, a lot of people would say, the mother church, everything they have for here is paid for. They are debt free. Is it a beautiful sanctuary? And don't forget, remember I told you this about a month ago. Sister Julie told Josie that the Hayward Church can be one of the churches to have a church just like theirs. She said, I want you guys to be one of them that are going to have a church like this. So do I. Uh, so do I. But a lot of going to bank on this series here today. That starts today. Okay? And so, I mean, they, they, they're debt free. It, it would make sense to, you know, pick up an offering for, for you know, United we, we Can or something. You know, for the babies that are dying out there and all that stuff. huh? I said, we're going to pick up an offering for the mother church. Because they already have and they're going to have... More, because that's scriptural. They that have will have, more will be, they'll have. Now, some people don't understand that principle, okay? To the natural mind, to the, to the natural man, this doesn't seem right at all, nor even fair. The opposite, if we're going to talk about being fair, should occur. See, the person with little should get, should receive more, because he or she is in need, right? To the natural mind. Well, we should give to the one, because they are in such a need. But why do you think they're in need? You're going to have some questions like this during the series. Don't get off the boat on this one. Because your ship's going to come in. Stay on the boat here. Uh, why do you think you're in need? And why do you think you always, always seem to be in need? Uh, see, they have little because they have a little mind. A little poverty mentality. Let's read and heed and, and, and deal with Mark 4, 24 and 25. And the thing is that we are either living on one side of this verse or the other side. There's no third choice. You either have and more is going to be given to you or you have not and more is going to be taken from you. That's the upstream, downstream principle. You're either going to have, you're going to be, here, here, boom, money's going to be coming to you. Now, and we want a fast river. Huh? But if you're on the other side, of Mark 4.25, then that's how fast money goes. Mm. All you do is burp. Uh, one Taco Bell taco, that's all you had. Uh, see, we're either upstream or downstream. We're either facing the current and receiving the blessings of God from that current, uh, or it's leaving us just that fast. Let me show you this principle in action. Have you ever talked to people who tell you, I pray and I pray, but it seems like very little, very little of my prayers ever get answered. Then you put a seminar together in the church, a prayer seminar. Remember, they say, I pray and I pray, and very, what? Of my prayers seem to get answered. Then you put up a seminar. You put up real good flyers uh, from, from uh, you know, whatever that, you know, the color flyers and posters, and we're gonna have a prayer seminar. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, you set up the seminar, and guess who comes and guess who does it? The ones who are already praying come because they know the value of it. That's really who comes. And the ones who don't come are the ones who need it. Need. Ah. Uh, because they don't pray. But they're absent. They don't come. To he that has more shall be given. To who that doesn't more shall be taken away. Upstream, downstream principle. Uh, I was reading about an individual 
that he, he put a job seminar. He noticed in his church, people, some people didn't have a job. And he had a big, big church. But some people didn't have a job. So he says, you know, they wanted, they'd come in for counseling. He said, we're going to give them, we're going to put a job seminar here. We're going to come and show them how to do resumes. We're going to show them how to dress. The whole shot. We're going to put a job seminar together for our people. And they, they even did flyers in their church. They, they really hit it hard. And it was pretty well attended. But guess again who came and who didn't come. The ones that came were the ones that already had jobs. The ones that really needed it. That's why there was a need. Didn't come. And you'd have thought they'd have come. No, the ones that came were the ones that already had a job, but they wanted to better themselves. They wanted a better job. He that has more shall be given. Stay with me on this series. Ah, and you guys should be up in the front. I'm telling you, we should put chairs in the front this series. Hallelujah. Huh? Hallelujah. More shall be given. Are you with me? See, According to Mark 4.25, you and I are either in a position where money's flowing to us or it's flowing away from us. This principle includes all realms of life and all areas of life, including money. Luke 6.38 says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running, running like a river, over, uh, shall God put in your bosom. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Whatever a man plants, that's what he's going to reap. You plant money, you're going to get money. That's what happens. See, most people, uh, it's sad to say, they live on the wrong side of Mark 4.25. The wrong side of the verse. Where money is usually flowing from them, not to them. We need to learn to turn it around. That's what we're going to have to turn around Sunday next week. Next week is what? We're going to turn it around. Ah. Uh, but they live on the, on, on the wrong side of this verse. We need to learn to turn it around. The reason for next week, like I said, and, and the title of the sermon is Reverse the Curse. Now, I, now I'm, hopefully now you like the sermon, sermon title. Reverse the Curse. Because a lot of you are living this way. We're going to reverse the curse. And we're going to be living this way. Uh, see, we're going to learn how to do it. We want to turn our life around to live on the right side of Mark 4.25. See, a river doesn't have to, to change its course. The current doesn't have to change its course. Guess who has to change? Ah, uh, us. We do. We got to change where we're standing. Look at Haggai 1, 5 through 6. Haggai's a minor prophet. It's near the end. Right near the end of the Old Testament. Haggai 1, verses 5 through 6. Holy Wars. That's the title of my sermon, right? Right? I didn't give it to you. Holy Wars. But not H-O-L-Y. H-O-L-E-Y. Holy. You know, like holy pants, holy shoes. Holy field. Ah. Haggai, and I'll wait for you. It's going to take you a while to get it. I know it. Chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. It's the minor prophet near the end of the Old Testament. It says there in Haggai 1.5. Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Think about how you're living. Which way you're facing, the river. Consider your ways, which way you're facing. You have sown much, or plant a lot, and you bring in how much? Little. You eat 
but you don't have what? You drink, but you're not filled with drink. He clothes you, but you're not warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with what? Holes. Holy war. Huh? A holy war. Your purse has a curse. It's talking about your purse. I almost titled it, the purse has a curse. But I like holy wars. And not, not the holy wars that we're going to go, you know, fight the enemy. But we're fighting ourselves. And we're, we're fighting and losing battle. Because our purse has holes in it. Uh, we're fighting a holy war. The battle with our, uh, with our money. And we're losing. It's a battle for our money. And I've said it before. And it's not in my notes. But I, I got to tell you. Now you know how it is. The enemy's a liar. When he tells you all they want is your money. And if you go for that, you're, you're, you're. And maybe he's already told you that. He has to have. And can you know, all they want is your money. Look at this church. No, no, no. I'm trying to help you here. Yes, ourselves, but I'm, I'm more concerned about you. Some of you are going to become rich. Because God wants it, not because I want it. God wants it. Uh, and we do have to increase our finances because once we do, we can do more for the kingdom of God. It makes a whole lot of sense. That was going to happen. I don't want you to get to heaven and then, because you, 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 you can be full of debt. And we're going to cover that right now. You can be all messed up and still go to heaven. But when we get there, and if I didn't teach you this, you're going to be all mad at me. And look at this. You know, Kenneth Hagin's people got a nice place. Look at I got a canoe. No, I don't want you to have a canoe. Not at all. See, see, most of us wrongly and, and fleshly believe that our financial, our financial problems can be solved by having more money. Listen to what I said. Most of us believe that our financial problems can be solved by simply having more money. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. It's a money principle, not a money problem. It's a money, what? Upstream, downstream, not a money problem. Most of us believe that if we only had $200 or $300 more a week, we'd be okay. Uh, or a month. Man, if I only had $300 more a month, my problem would be solved. Wrong. Uh, if your purse or your wallet or, 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 you know, has a big hole full of nothing but daylight, all you see is daylight at the bottom. Would it make sense for God to keep putting and pouring in more money in it? No. Wouldn't make sense for God to do that. If God, if God poured in 5,000 more finances to your purse, how much would remain with a hole in the bottom? Nothing. If he poured in uh, 20,000, how much would remain? Nothing. If he poured in 100,000 more per year, how much would remain? Nothing. Uh, it all ends up having nothing. Everything he gave you ends up to nothing. Uh, the key point and the key principle is that financial increase has little to do with how much money goes on top if the purse is cursed with a hole. Uh, now, you might have a little more fun. You will. Like I said, you'll have a few more burps. But that's it. But it's all going to end up with nothing. Zero. Uh, eventually, it's all going to end up the same. Your net gain will be the same. Understand what I said? Your net gain will be the same. 
People can have, you know, a large increase. Or they can have a large income. They can have a small income. Yet both will end up with the same comment. Understand what I said? People can have a small income or a large income, and they can both end up with the same comment. Guess what the comment is? I don't know where the money went. Big income, small income. Both will end up with the same verbiage. Uh, where money is flowing from them as fast as it came in. Why? Because the purse has a hole in it. God wants us to work on our, the bottom of our purse, the bottom of the bag. Work on it. Close that thing up. Mend it. Ah, before he can give you money on top, it only makes sense. He's not going to give you money on top until you close the bottom. And we're going to learn to close the bottom. Ah. See, our job is to find out what caused and what created the hole. Then work on repairing it. Now, what are some of the things that cause a hole? In the purse. Well, I'm going to give you a few of them very quickly. And throughout this series, I'll give you some more. But what are some of the causes that make a hole in an individual's purse or, or wallet or pocket? See, Proverbs 5.10 says, if you're involved in adultery or fornication, some kind of sin, uh, it says, Proverbs 5.10 says, a stranger's will obtain your wealth. That's a hole. The secret sins... Uh, those flagrant sins, adultery, fornication, even in your mind sometimes. Uh, remember what I said before. Romans 6, 11 says, rehearse what you're going to do when Scary Mary is at the red light with you. But some of, remember what I said before, brother? some of you reverse the verse. You rehearse, you rehearse, you reverse the rehearse. You reverse what you're going to do when Scary Mary is at you. And, oh yeah, Mary, oh, yeah, pull over Mary. I'm not as scared of you. I don't even know what they call you, Scary Mary. I ain't afraid of you. Uh, no, 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 you can't be doing that. You got to reverse that thing. Uh, another way to make a hole in your purse is found in Proverbs twenty-two seventeen. 17. It says there in Proverbs twenty-two seventeen. if you're taking notes, write those down. The first one I gave you was, was Proverbs five ten, dealing with sexual immorality. That's the hole. The second one is Proverbs twenty-two seventeen. 17. It says the borrower is servant to the lender. In other words, by bad business deals that put us in debt. That's how, you make, that's how you get a hole. Bad business deals that put your personal franchise in debt. See, no one can use money they don't have. Okay? And, you know, purchases with heavy interest payments create that type of a debt. It's money, your money, that you're never going to seek. Because the percentage rate is so high. But I just wanted that. I didn't know what 12% meant. Uh, that 12% is money, your money, you're never, never, never going to see. It belongs, the 12% belongs to somebody else. And it could have been yours. But the borrower is servant to the lender. Uh, look at Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. I'm going to have you turn to this one. Proverbs 24. Three and four. I thought there was a lot of scripture here today. We're laying the foundation. Proverbs 24, verses three and four. I'm going to read it out of that heavy translation. What is that? 
the living Bible. Do you have it? Proverbs 24, 3 and 4 says, any enterprise, or some of you say it's a house, right? How many have their own house, their own home? Yeah, well, it's your house. It's talking about your house, your enterprise. It says there, any enterprise is built by how? Wise planning, budgeting. Because strong, it becomes strong through common sense. And profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. In other words, what it's telling us here, it's admonishing us to have wise money management. Think before you spend. Don't be a spendthrift. Ah, budget. Somebody once truly said, listen to this. Somebody once truly said this. When my outgo exceeds my income, then my upkeep becomes my downfall. I'm going to say that again. When my outgo exceeds my income, then my upkeep becomes my downfall. No, don't, don't, don't go above. I said it before. Many years ago, I ran the budget for this church for two years. I did. Me. The man that has no management here. But God gave me a quick principle. I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. He just gave me an idea, and I did it. He said to budget, he said, always make sure that this church has at least $200 more than they need. In other words, it was a $200 cushion. One time we got to $180. I had to take $20. But that's it. We never got above having more than $180. I never wrote a check for more than $180, you know, you know, that we would be in the red. We were always in the black. I think we only had four bounce checks, and they were not our fault that whole two-year period. I'm in the wrong field. Uh, I should be in the holy field. Hallelujah. Uh, and I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I did it. Uh, but I know what I did here. Wise money management. Proverbs 10.4 says, there's another way to make a hole in your, po in your pocket. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring riches. In other words, when you don't work, manana never comes. I want to give me a job tomorrow. Lazy hands make a guy poor. And it's, you know, it becomes a deadbeat dad. But diligent hands brings riches. See, these verses in Proverbs are referring to habits and spending impulses that have, you know, gotten us and they, they've gotten out of control. They're, they're equal to holes. Did you hear what I said? Spending impulses. Habits. All of a sudden, it's just a habit. I got to go spend. I got to go do this. I got to do this. You know, I, I got to go to the mall. I feel the call to the mall. I'm called. You ever been in a flea market? Guess what's there? Spirit. Right. You ever been driving up the, the 80 and all of a sudden you see there that old, there used to be the show, the drive-in, and you want and like, it's a spirit. And you get in and all of a sudden it's like, ooh. Huh? You didn't even need it. Now you're in need. <laughs> Holes. Let me read to you Proverbs 8, 18. I'll read it to you. Proverbs 8, 18. And this isn't to, to be careful here as I read it. It says there, Riches and honor are with me. Talking about wisdom. It's wisdom 
writing these words. Riches and honor are with me. Yes, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Yes, than fine gold. And my revenue more choice than sterling silver. Sterling silver is for 25th anniversaries. I lead in the way of righteousness. I lead in the way of righteousness. I lead in the way of what? In the midst of the past of what? Judgment. That I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. And I will fill their treasures. Uh, it's talking about wise, being wise. It's, I'm going to fill your treasure. I'm going to fill, I'm going I'm to take care of the holes in your pocket. Uh, the key word is judgment. See, God is not into blessing somebody until they first judge themselves and work on their character flaws. God don't bless no mess. He's got he's to he's correct your character flaws that have holes in, in, in your mind, that have holes in your pocket. It's your character flaws. Those idiosyncrasies, those, those sins that are always besetting us, that are messing with us. God's not going to pour it on top until you get rid of, uh, you know, putty up the bottom. Hallelujah. God don't bless no mess. But once we start working on some of those character flaws and we fill in those holes, then we automatically face downstream and the blessings of God begin to flow our way. Work on those things and watch what's going to happen. The blessings of God will be coming your way. Uh, we position ourselves on the right side of Mark 4.25. Then Matthew 6.33 says, seek first, what? The kingdom of God. Then everything else will be added unto you. That's, a, that's having the right motive when you give. Seek first the kingdom of God. Putting God first. Uh, that you want to see the kingdom of God go forward. Not yourself. But then once you do, once you have the right motive and you're giving, then everything else will be added unto you. Uh, when you're dealing with money, have God's best interest at heart first. Did you hear what I said? That's how you're going to shore up the hole. You want to shore up the hole? When you deal with finances, have, put God first. That, that, put, that puts a, uh, patches up the hole because you have the right motive. You have God's best interest, not yours. Now, let me finish with this. We're going to deal with the biblical character, Job. Job is a perfect example to show us the principle of upstream, downstream. Are you with me? Job. Now, with Job, money was at one time flowing towards him. Matter of fact, uh, he had few holes in his purse. But then, okay, what happens is he, he loses everything. All of a sudden, holes come in his life. But then, then what he does is he shores up the holes again, and he becomes rich again. In the story of Job, we find money flowing hard and fast towards Job. Bible says he was the richest man in the east, the richest guy. Uh, he, was, he was the Walmart man of his day. I think that guy Walmart just passed up this other, yeah, all right, Gates. Well, he was like bigger than Gates. He was the richest man in the east, the Bible says. But then all of a sudden, money began to flow away from him. The Bible says in Job 9, 28 to 35, that Job started getting mad. He started getting angry at God. Uh, look at, turn to Job, turn to Job. We're going to cover some scriptures here. Get a Job. Some of you that aren't working, get a Job. Go to Job. You're going to be all right. This is going to be quite a series, I'm telling you. This is going to turn it around for us. You should thank God. Those of you that are upset about preaching on finances, you're going to be poor all your life. 
I'm just trying to help you here. Uh, if you're all a man, oh my God. Uh, but Job started getting angry at God. Maybe like some of you, why are you preaching on money? Yeah, 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 that's a sin. Uh, he started getting mad. And he, uh, chapter 3 says he cursed the day he was born. See, see that, that, there's a joke that says Job talked, you know, he was the youngest man, the youngest guy to, to talk because he cursed the first day he was born. Look at Job 27.6. Ooh, this is a very important verse. Do you have it? Job 27.6 says, My righteousness I hold fast, and I will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live. Job was not living in faith right here. Rather, he was clothed in his own righteousness. Theologians understand what I'm saying here. He was clothed in his righteousness, not God's righteousness. He was becoming self-righteous. His friends tried to help him, but man didn't have an answer. Only God can, can clothe you in his righteousness. His friends tried to help him, and, but you can't be clothed in your righteousness or man's righteousness. You've got to be clothed in God's righteousness. Are you with me? Uh, then, finally, see, in other words, this was flesh versus faith. The just shall live by what? Faith. Without faith, it is possible to please God. Anything that is not a faith is what? Sin. Anything not a faith is what? He wasn't living in faith. He was living in his own righteousness now. He, he started off rich. He started off facing the flow. But all of a sudden now, here it is. And everything's gone. As fast as it came, that's as fast as it went. Job was in a stronghold of anger and self-righteousness. And how many know that anger is quite a problem? Ladies, you should have said amen if you're married. <sighs> Mighty man of allure. Hallelujah. Uh, fly off the handle. Anger is a heavy problem. And he was locked in it. In a stronghold of anger and self-righteousness. He was locked in and his money was locked out. Understand what I said? He had holes in his life. Locked in, money locked out. See, what Job needed was to break that stronghold and to get rid of the holes in his purse was a word from God. See, what we need to break, when we need to break strongholds, we need a word from God. We need a strong word from God, not a weak word. We need God to tell us the truth. You're a penny pincher. You're in sin, buddy. A strong, no, 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 no little weak word's going to break the strongholds. Who change? Come on, you can change. We need a strong word. Uh, the reason you're poor, because you got a poor mentality. See, Job had a strong word from God. That's what happened. Uh, God tells him. He speaks to him in, in, in Job 38. He says, Job, and listen up. And he gives a strong word. He tells him, where were you when I was? Where were you? I mean, the whole chapter after chapter for a long time, just a bunch of chapters, God. And then he tries to speak. He says, shut up. And he said, you know what? You, better, you, know. you know, I like when somebody talks to me like that. I'm like, oh, my God, okay. Uh, I know I need it. It's okay. That shows son, he loves me. And some of you, God loves you. He ain't going to leave you. He don't want you poor. But again, shut up. That's what he told Job. Don't try and justify yourself. Self-righteous. Your righteousness is a filthy rags. So for right now, eat your mush and hush. 
You used to have steak. You're facing this way. Now you're this, this way because of your self-righteousness. You don't think you need a sermon like this. Then in chapter 42, verses 6 and 10, a very, very key verses. Matter of fact, turn to it. I'm going to close with that anyways. Job 42, very important, verses 6 and 10. Very, very key verses. You have it? Job 42, 6 and 10. Wherefore I abhor myself, and what? Repent in dust and ashes. Look at 10 and 11. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his what? And all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before, before, and did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him all him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him what? A piece of money. Uh, and everyone an earring of gold. In chapter 42, verse 6, he repents. In other words, he turns around. That's what repentance means, right? 180 degree to turn. He was facing this way, like some of you are today. But then he repented. He said, God, I'm sorry. That's my fault. I, I repent. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do yeah. And he starts to face the flow. Or the river coming this way, like some of you are going to do today and tomorrow. And next week, excuse me. He turned to face the current again. But the thing was that Job turned on the inside first. Before God could bless him on the outside, he had to turn on the inside. So we got to repent on the inside before there was a change on the outside. And then look at the friends that come to him in verse 11 of Job 42. Where were all these people? Where were all his friends three months ago when he needed them the most? Ah, when Job really needed them. Ah, see, some of that gold and silver and that uplifting words would have been good a few months before. Well, I believe that Mark 4.25 principle was being applied. Listen to me as I close. I believe the Mark 4.25 principle was being applied. God couldn't send them because Job was in this side. That he that has, more shall be taken away. All of his friends were taken away. All of his money was taken away. But when he repented and he turned around, God broke the strongholds. Once he heard the word from God and God broke that curse, then he turned around. See, Job's friends didn't offer money and comfort back then, a few months before, because the strongholds had locked them, locked them out. They couldn't come in. Are you with me? They were locked out. Job had locked them out because of his self-righteousness. But now that those strongholds had been torn down, Downstream, now, now, God could bless Job. And now his friends were free to bring him money. Now they were free. The turning point for Job started with the word from God. And once Job worked on his holes, that's when it started. You got to work on your holes. Then God will start blessing you. See, that word changed him on the inside. Then Job shifted his position in Mark 4.25. He shifted to the positive side of Mark 4.25. For whoever has, more will be given. But whoever does not have, more will even be taken away. Where and what side do you want to live on? Where do you want to operate from? Some of you are fighting holy wars. 
and you can't seem to win. Well, my friend, this week you have the opportunity to work on your holes. Then in two weeks, when I preach again, turn around Sunday, you have that opportunity. As a matter of fact, you got two weeks. You got two weeks to shore up your holes, to get right. You got two weeks to find out where you want to operate. Which side of the verse, Mark 4, 25, you want to live on? You want to stay like this? And it, many go fast. You, you fall into sin, you all that. Right? Hasn't that ever happened? Shoo! Just went. As fast as it came, it went. But you get right with God and you start showing up those holes. You got two weeks. Then you, and, and, and then you come and start tithing. You start putting things in. That's going to turn you around. God can't bless them if you're not giving him, if you're not tithing. No, he can't. That's, that's sin. Uh, you're, you're stealing from God. You're robbing from the Lord. God can't bless that. But when you start giving to God what you're supposed to, guess what? You turn around. You start facing the water. Some of you, you've got a little, you're facing this way, but you got a little trickle. Well, we're, well, we're going to get Tsunami Sunday going too. In three weeks, Tsunami Sunday's coming. Tsunami's coming. Uh, and I hope you'll be here. Because what we're going to do that day, I may as well tell you now. What we're going to do on that day, we're going to allow you to tithe above your tithe. We're going to see how much money comes in that week. Yes, we're into money. This, this month is money month. Don't act funny on me now. I heard a tape from Pastor Ed the other day on finances. He was talking about, and Pastor Ed has a reputation of, you know, he'll get that bucks. Uh, and he had a way back, but his church gives, and they're only like a few hundred, maybe a hundred more than us, and they give more than double us financially. But he was talking about, he says, hey, we used to have turnaround Sunday. Well, we would keep 10% and we would, and we would give God 90%. Matter of fact, one time he gave, his, they gave their whole check. But then he says, but all those kids, all those young people that did that back in those days, that was many years ago. He doesn't do it no more. Uh, but he doesn't have to because he started a tsunami in his church. So they didn't have to. They all got great houses. They're not afraid of Silicon Valley. They're not moving to Sacramento and, and you know, Stockton. They got houses in the Silicon Valley. Because guess which way they're facing? We're going to face that way, people. We're going to face that way. You're going to face the devil when he lies and say, lying devil, I learned biblically what I got to do. And I'm going to do it. My dead body, but my body is going to be facing this way, this way. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Holy wars. I want to pray for those of you that are fighting that war and you're losing the battle. Stand to your feet. I'm not going to have you come to the altar. Just stand to your feet right there. You're fighting that battle. Holy wars. You're going to work on the curse on your purse. You're going to shore up the hole in your purse these next two weeks. You're going to start living right. You're going to start giving right. Your future's at stake. Your family's at stake. Even our church's future's at stake. We can't live on the survivor mode. No. We want to live in the revival mode. Max talked about a financial revival. Stirring up the people to give. Or we're going to be stirred up, people. God's going to stir you up. Let him stir you up. You're going to be blessed. To him that has, more will be given. You should have seen that offering at the mother church. For the mother church. 
We worshipped and we worshipped and we worshipped and people kept bringing up their finances. We were finally even going to almost dismiss in prayer and people were still coming. Because to he that has more shall be given. It's a principle. And we're going to need things in this church. We're going to need to buy things. We need to get things done. But once we do that, more will be given. Once we learn this principle. Father, I pray for everybody that's standing at their feet right now. Take the curse. Reverse the curse. Father, I can pray very empathetically. I can pray for drug addicts to get delivered because that happened to me. And I've seen many thousands get delivered and saved. But I can also pray a prayer to break the curse. Because Lord, you take very good care of me. Very good care of me. But I had a big poverty mentality. Probably the worst in this church. Probably. But Lord, and sometimes I still got to fight it. But it's a very little battle because I know how to win these wars. In giving, you get. Lord, let them live on the other side of Mark 4.25. The more. Break that poverty mentality. Always in